Good morning, brothers and sisters. Welcome back to the Ask Us Why podcast, going through our Proverbs series right now. And I hope you guys are having a great morning and this is about to get just that much better because we are going through chapter three. And this one, I, I gotta be so honest with you guys. There is so much in Proverbs chapter three that I probably could spend the next 30 days just wanting to talk about it. As I was reading it and just going through the takeaways and the different things that I wanted to share from it, I realized that now that we've kind of surpassed chapters one and two, which is really a lot of Solomon setting the scene for um, making the case for wisdom and why we should have wisdom uh, and seek it out. Proverbs three, just he, he, Solomon just goes right to it, man. He just, he has no, no hesitation to go straight to wisdom and he just drops it. And we're going to have to talk about a few different takeaways today. And that's why I'm just going to jump right to things because um, I want to keep these episodes short, but I got a few takeaways for you guys and I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. There's going to be a couple more extra takeaways than normal because there's just so much in here and maybe I'll do a second round of Proverbs or something. I don't know. We'll see. I also, as much as I love doing shorter episodes, I also don't like that. I am skipping so much of scripture to only talk about a little bit of it because there's so much good stuff in here. But nonetheless, we're going to go through it and we're going to start off in verse five. And this is actually probably one of the most famous verses in all of scripture. You've probably heard it before. If you haven't, you're about to hear it and you'll never be able. It's kind of like, um, it's kind of like when you see, or you meet someone for the first time, if you're in school and then all of a sudden you see them everywhere, you realize you have like three classes together. It's kind of like that. You're just going to start seeing this popping up everywhere. The verse is trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. I'm going to actually keep going through verses 12 because There's no reason to stop. There's so much good stuff in here, but then we'll come back to it. So verse seven, be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with your first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him whom he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. I want to keep reading. I'm so tempted, but we're going to just go through that real quick because there's a couple of great takeaways in here. So we're going to go back to the verse five, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Keyword in that phrase, all, A-L-L, not trust in the Lord with some of your heart, not trust him with just a couple of things in life. Not trust him with maybe your uh, your family and with your friends, but not with your finances. Maybe trust him with uh, your job and with your family, but not with your relationships and your friends. Uh, whatever it is, don't give him even just 95% of it. He's asking for 100% of our heart. And I can speak from so much testimony in my life and attest to the fact that there's going to be times where we think we have complete control of our our lives. And because we live in America, we can go get a job. We can find ways to make more money and do side hustles. And, you know, it, we can flourish our relationships and we can feel successful in so many areas of life. Go get a job, go get a, a house, a, a car, all those things. And you can feel like you don't need to trust God because you trust yourself. But there's going to be times in your life where you're going to find yourself at a standstill or you're going to be in a place where you don't have control over certain situations. And you're going to have to learn to control or to not control. You're going to have to learn to trust in God with 
everything, not just a little bit, but with everything. I want you to think about the difference between having one foot on a rock and then one foot in quicksand. Because I think that's a little bit of a better analogy to help us understand that it's not like we have um, our foot on the sand and our foot on the rock and that when your foot is on the sand, maybe if the storm comes or maybe if the, the water comes up high enough, then you start to sink a little bit. No, think of it like quicksand where it is sinking. And the longer you stay half in and half out, the more detrimental it gets in your life. And I promise you that if you can make a habit now of just learning to, to let go of this close fist and give God everything you have, that you're going to find more peace in your life than you ever have before. So amazing. So then we go into the next verses in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight or he will straight make straight your paths. And something that I read in a commentary was really fascinating. It said that not only is it that he will make our path straight, but it is also that he will remove the other obstacles in our life that hold us back from where we are trying to go. And that one really stuck with me. Not that the make your path straight um, already has enough value of itself, but that really stuck with me because all I think about is when we are in a place in life where we constantly feel like we're facing obstacle after obstacle that's holding us back from where we're trying to go in life for the dreams that we have um, in life that just there's so many things that get in the way of it. But when you give everything to God, the scriptures just lay it out perfectly that he will make your path straight and God will honor your seeking of wisdom and seeking of him. And he's going to protect you, but he's also going to set you up for success wherever you go because he's going to remove those obstacles and wisdom played out in your life is going to remove those friends in your life. that are going to keep you from being holy keep you from the friends who are going to tempt you and push you away from Jesus, keep you away from the job that is just unhealthy for you, keep you away from maybe even the finances where he knows that too much of money is going to corrupt your heart because you're not ready. Like sometimes God doesn't give us things because he's trying to work through us um, or in us before he can work through us. And so sometimes it takes time for that kind of stuff, but he's going to remove those obstacles from our life so that he can set us up for success. And that all stems at that root of giving every everything to him and trusting in him. And I think that that is beautiful. So moving on, it says he will, it will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and you with your first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. So this is one of those things that we kind of talked about before where the promise versus the uh, principle comes into play, right? So sometimes we're going to read scripture in the Proverbs and we're going to read something like that where you're like, wait, you're telling me that if I give my first fruits of my produce, or in other words, giving God my 10% to the church, then I'm going to be rich. Like he's going to make my business successful. He's going to make sure that my house equity goes up, that like every other area, like my investments are going to go up. There's, there's so many thoughts that can flood our mind when we read that, but we have to remember that not everything is a promise, but it is a principle. And there's a strong principle here about, it doesn't say just give your, your, uh, give the Lord with your wealth. It says honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. And so there's, there's more to it than just giving your, your first fruits or giving your 10% to the church, but it is also that you're honoring God with it. And maybe your barns are filled, 
Maybe they are, maybe they aren't, but the principle still stands that we need to honor God with our wealth. It's not a give and get. We go in with the wrong mindset that we want to be rich out of it because if we're doing that, then we're not giving to God because we want to honor him. We're giving to God because we want him to give us something in return, you know, and, and God sees through the heart. He doesn't, he's not someone who only sees at the surface level like we humans can and sometimes can misjudge the heart, but God sees right through those. And if he sees that you're not giving your first fruits as a way to honor him because because you ultimately just want to tell him and show him you trust him with your finances, I guarantee you he's not going to bless you with more finances because of that. I don't think that he's going to honor what you are giving to him because you have wrong intentions. And if anything, if you find yourself getting more wealth because of that and you have those wrong intentions, I guarantee you that the enemy is at play in your life. And that is a warning that you should be very, very aware of and should be concerned about if you see that. So going into verse 11 and 12, it says, My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof, for the Lord reproves him whom he loves as a father, uh, as a father, the son in whom he delights. So with that, uh, we can be we can be really quick to be frustrated about when sin has consequences. And we can get frustrated with ourselves, the whole situation, whatever it is. But I want to challenge us to have a different perspective in the midst of it, or even just like you'll eventually get to a point where you will see it this way because I've, I've gotten to it with so many places in my life where I am so thankful that God disciplines me. I'm so thankful that there are consequences to my sins because it is God's grace because he's giving me a chance to see that what I did was wrong and that I need to turn from that and repent from that and to seek him again. If I never had a consequence for my sin and I continued to live in it, I cannot imagine where I would be today. And the Lord doesn't discipline us like you would see or think of a parent disciplining a child because he does it out of um, anger or of wrath or of judgment, but he does it because he loves us. I just imagine when I was young that if I ever like ran into the street to like play ball without looking both ways first, my mom would get furious with me absolutely furious and the fear that that was struck into me and the punishment that I received for doing that was so strong but my mom did it not because she was just mad at me in general or she was um, frustrated or whatever it is she did it mainly because she loves me and she doesn't want me to get hit by a car and God is in the same boat but he sees it even more severe than that he sees that the path that we are going down leads to death he sees that it leads to spiritual death. And if we don't actually know who God is, it leads to eternal death. And so I am so thankful that God's grace allows us to continue to wake up every morning, even though we haven't maybe yet repented and come to Jesus, because he's giving us an opportunity to still come to him. And so we should take advantage of that. We should see that when there's another day granted to those around us who don't know Jesus, that's another day to share the gospel because it is God's grace that is uh, his patience for his judgment as he is extending the timeline of those around us so that they have a chance to receive the gospel and eternal life. The last thing that, well, that's a lie. I got a couple of things I want to say more. The next thing that I want to talk about is reading into verses 13 through, uh, I think it technically goes all the way through to the end as one segment, 13 or 18 through 35, 13 through 35. But I'm going to read a little bit of a section here and I'm going to say, I'm going to share some really cool facts with you guys that you guys are really like, because when I learned this, it blew my mind. 
So blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding for the gain from her is better than gain from silver and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire can compare to her. Uh, I'm just going to stop there because I got, I got to share this with you guys. I was reading this and I'm like, all right, he's saying that her, her wealth of wisdom, that wisdom is worth more than gain from silver and her profit better than gold, her profit better than precious, precious jewels and nothing you desire can compare to her. And I'm like, all right, well, this guy was like, you know, he was kind of rich. He kind of had some money. I'm sure that he has some kind of like idea about, you know, Hey, I have wealth. You should trust me on this. But I was like, how wealthy was this guy? Just listen to these stats about Solomon. So I'm just going to read these from you guys. The Bible states that King Solomon held a fortune that dwarfed any and every person who lived before him. This made him the richest person who ever lived in the world. King Solomon reigned for 40 years, and each year he received 25 tons of gold. One ton of gold is worth 63. million at $2,000 an ounce. Therefore, 25 tons times 40 years of his reign amounts to, I think that says $64.3 billion. Then it says this did not include income derived from business, trade, nor the annual tribute paid to him by all the kings and governors of Arabia. King Solomon's throne was coated in pure gold and inlaid with ivory. It had six stairs, 12 lion statues, one on either side of the step, and a solid gold footstool. Two larger lion statues stood on either side of the throne. And then below it says, All of the goblets and household articles in Solomon's palace were pure gold. He was reportedly so rich that during the years of his reign over Jerusalem, the immense wealth caused silver to be considered of little value and as common as rocks. As such, nothing in Solomon's palace was made of silver. So I'm just going to tell you right after all of this stuff that I looked up his total net worth from his entire life. And I remember asking my wife, I was like, just take, just take a gander. Like, how much, how much do you think she, he was worth? And she's like, oh, I don't know, like 500 million. I was like, higher. And she's like, a billion? And I was like, higher. She's like, what? Like 10 billion? Higher. You want to know how rich he was? They estimate that he was almost $2.1 trillion worth. I'm going to let that sit. $2.1 trillion with a T. Not a B, a T. That man is the richest person who ever lived still to this day, if those estimations are correct. Even if they were off by like 0.5 trillion, he's still the richest person who's ever lived on earth. So given that context, knowing just how rich Solomon was, and you read his words and it says, let me read it again, for the gain from her, that is wisdom, is better than gain from silver and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire can compare to her. This is coming from a guy who quite literally had everything, everything, and it still was not worth it. So here's my big takeaway that I want us to kind of go away with on this on this chapter, even though there's so many more and so many I've already shared. Just think about this. We slave away, and I'm, I'm talking about myself too. Like we slave away, it feels like 40 plus hours a week with an overall goal to eventually be financially stable and to have you know enough money to be able to retire. We wanna like be wealthy, we have all those goals. 
But at the same time, we'll work like 60, 70 hours of work a week, but we won't spend five minutes seeking wisdom, like a week. Just think about that. That, that that's like This is like hitting me. Like I, I will spend so much of my time during the week seeking after things that is building wealth that, I, you know, I, my intentions aren't bad. Like I want to support my family and I want to be able to pay off debt and those kind of things. But at the same time, I'm not taking any time to seek out the wisdom of God, like at all. And Solomon is trying to tell us that it is worth more than those things. So that's my takeaways for for all of us, even for myself. It's just so crazy to think about. But like maybe we should just start spending like even just five minutes a week, five minutes, maybe even a day, if we can make that a challenge for us to just seek after wisdom as well. Like just add it into the calendar. Just put it in there. If Solomon, the man who was worth two trillion dollars, says that no wealth can compare to the riches of wisdom, then maybe we should take that to heart and consideration and think about seeking out wisdom in the same way. Yeah, I'm going to let us sit with that. That's going to be our big takeaway for today. I know this episode was a little bit longer. I seriously want to talk all about Proverbs 3. There is so much in here that I want to talk about. But alas, we can't. It's supposed to be a shorter podcast, and i got to stick to my guns. So with that being said, I hope that was uh, encouraging for you guys like it was for me. So much good stuff in here. Let me know your thoughts. Leave us a review. Well, by us, I mean me. Leave me a review and let me know your thoughts on this podcast. Uh, It seriously is super helpful for me. Um, And I appreciate all of you guys who have left a review. It's super helpful. Other than that, I'm just going to lead us off in prayer. And then I encourage that if you have time before you jump into work or with your day to just also spend time in prayer and just reflect and meditate on the truths that you have listened to from the scriptures um, and let those come to light. Dear God, I just want to thank you for your word. And I want to thank you specifically for Solomon and for the words that he has put through uh, this book of Proverbs and the wisdom that is in it. And I know we have barely just scratched the surface of it, but Lord, there is so much good stuff in here. And I pray that we take it to heart. And I pray that what we have talked about today, we would take to heart as well. I pray that we would learn to trust you with everything, with all of our faith, with everything that we have, that we would keep both feet on the rock and not one on either side, that we would trust you no matter what, because we know that you would make our path straight, that you would remove the obstacles from our life and that you would set us up for success. And Lord, more importantly, I pray that you would just, again, just give our hearts the same heart as yours for wisdom, that we would see the value in it, that we would listen to the words of Solomon, someone that was so rich, that was still telling us that it is not worth the riches of this world, that wisdom is better. And I pray that that would just sit with us and that that we would take that to heart and that we would apply that into our lives and that we would seek wisdom not even just as much, but just even a little bit compared to what we do with wealth in this world. I'm so thankful for your word and it is alive and it brings me life and I'm sure it brings life to everyone who gets to listen to it. I know it does and I am so, so grateful for what you have given to us. Lord, be with these people who have listened to this today and uh, I pray that they just have an amazing day and can be an example for you and can help grow the kingdom. I love you so much and it's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, guys, have a great Saturday. If it's your day off, have an amazing day off and hang out, relax, spend some time hanging with family and friends and loving on those around you. And if you guys have work, kill it at work for the kingdom of God. Love you guys. And I will see you guys in the morning tomorrow. Peace and blessings. Peace.